Welcome to the Feminine Principle Podcast, heart-centered conversation for soul-centered women who are on a path of self-discovery. I'm your host, Nicola Lucy, shamanic practitioner, shadow and soul integration coach, and the creatrix behind the Feminine Principle, supporting women to redefine the relationship they have with themselves, others, and Mother Earth through the magic hidden in their unconscious. For more information, please visit thefeminineprinciple.com. Hello ladies, today I'm joined by Jessica Dornbork as we explore Persephone, queen of the underworld and how her journey is a symbolic rite of passage for all women as we move from the victim archetype through the bonds of the mother to the abduction of our soul's essence by the patriarchal shadow and come full circle through the darkness to know our own truth and depth of who we are as the sovereigns of our own internal kingdom. Jessica is a shamanic evolutionary astrologer and creatrix of Temples of the Moon, who is known as a cosmic channel who connects the above and the below. Thank um, you, Nicola. Thank you for that. Okay, so tell us, who, who is Persephone? Who is she? What does okay. she do? What's her story? <clears throat> yeah, okay, so... Um... I think I'd like to start a little bit by just mentioning, you know, like my understanding around the archetypes and um, basically I feel like they're, they're all within us and, and then there are some that each of us are really going to be embodying or expressing or, you know, feeling. Um, and some of the main female or goddess archetypes that we see have to do with the mother, the daughter, the wife, which is um, Demeter is the mother, Hera is the wife, and Persephone is the daughter. And then there's Aphrodite or Venus, and she's known more as being the you know, independent, creative muse. So she sort of has one foot in um, being partnered and being independent and free and then there are what are considered the virgin goddesses which are the ones that are free and whole to themselves they're not partnered and this is like artemis and hestia and athena and <clears throat> that's like the aunt and um artemis is the sister and athena is the father's daughter and they have more of this independent nature. So when we're looking at Persephone and the mother and uh, the wife, these are called what's called the vulnerable goddesses because basically they're at the mercy of others or partnership and basically the, the psyche of others. So <clears throat> what makes Persephone most unique, and we see it a lot in women, um, because it really embodies or expresses this, this reality of humanity that we're experiencing around the, pa the patriarchy and the suppression or the repression of the feminine. Um, <clears throat> she's, 
she has a lot to do. You know, of course, she's, she's the queen of the underworld. She knows her way around the dark around the deep, deep psyche, around pain and suffering. We come to see as we unravel her story. And I think it'd be nice to just like go through her story and the symbolism is so powerful from like the, the pomegranate and the rape and the lie that she told her mother and, and what all this means. Um, <clears throat> but she is the, the one that we see so much in women that has to do with um, the deep suffering through trauma and pain. And she's the one that really shows us the journey through uh, what we could call like the neuroses or the psychoses that we deal with. So she is the one that is going so deep and, you know, there's that experience with many women of, you know, these ideas of losing it or going off the deep end or you can't handle it or it's too much. And, you know, many of us experience that. Um, <clears throat> so the deep pain and suffering is what Persephone really has to do with, more okay. so than any of us. And so is that kind of when you talk about the psychosis, is that kind of when we walk that very thin line between sanity and insanity? And that's what the, the underworld is the expression of, you know, going into such deep darkness, going into the deep fears, going into basically insanity, where we can find the insanity of humanity, of our own psyche, of the ones around us, of the relationships we've had, of the experiences that have been done to us or our family or, you know, just culture and history. It's, it's all there. So this really plays into the victim archetype. Exactly. So Persephone has a lot to do with being the victim um, and how difficult that can be to rise above. You know, obviously that's a very powerful um, archetype or energy that many, many people are living with. And, um, and that has to do with, you know, being out of touch with one's own power. And again, being at the mercy of something that we think is more powerful outside of us, or also just being so vulnerable that we feel um, paralyzed by it, by usually the pain and suffering or the circumstances. Um, Persephone has a lot to do with the, the type of person or woman or this quality in the psyche that is it's passive it's okay with giving themselves away and it's like she's she's doesn't take action she's acted on you know so it's not going to be um entirely right the, we can still be in touch with their power and our creativity because we have other aspects of ourselves that are, we're also activating and integrating. You know, a woman can also be very strong in many other various types of archetypes, but when the Persephone one is strong and you can see it playing out, there is that tendency to um, 
sort of wait for something or someone to make life happen for them. The other symbolism of Persephone is what's called the core, K-O-R-E, which is the eternal child. So that really expresses a lot in that, um, in her too, because she's just so willing to stay innocent, to stay sort of governed by either her husband, her partner, or in a lot of cases, the mother. You know, so the mother is, the mother archetype is commonly like that energy of um, mother knows best. You know, the wife archetype is full of expectation. You know, sort of the shadow of the wife is expectation. The shadow of the mother is mother knows best. And the shadow of the daughter is to just remain passive. And do what not, she's told. Yeah, to not claim one's independence, one's own sovereignty. Um, so as is told, right, the myth of her is that, you know, she's the young maiden. She's um, basically, you know, she's ready to be initiated into being the woman. This is the age that she is. And as it goes, she's out in the fields with the flowers, just, you know, frolicking about in all her innocence and beauty. And the earth opens up and up comes Hades or Pluto and basically takes her and abducts her and takes her into the underworld and claims her as his wife and rapes her and <clears throat> you know basically this has to do with that you know the the opening of the earth and going down into the underworld is you know that initiation into she's ready for the depth of her psyche she's ready to uh, move from the the naivety and into the darkness, which is the, the source of her power and wisdom. You know, like we have to realize that she was, this is her destiny, right? As Persephone, like she, she already is a woman who is deeply receptive and deeply in touch with um, what it's like to be an alchemist within all of all that she can feel you know she's a very psychic woman very emotional that's the other sort of neuroses that come with that right um opposed to like a uh, energy like athena you know athena is this um she's the warrior the father's daughter she's typically like the strategist and about wisdom she she can she looks like like the lawyer or the businesswoman, you know, someone that that bringing in that father masculine energy and that real powerful mind energy. She's like Athena is not overwhelmed by emotion. That's that's more the Athena woman is um, more not emotional, and often the Athena woman can has something to learn from the Persephone archetype of how to go deeper be in touch with more emotion and so on the other side the persephone is you know can learn from athena how to come out of the depth of all of the emotion and feeling and the receptivity to others 
So as she, um, you know, she goes down and then <clears throat> the rape, obviously there's different ways to look at it, but it basically has to do with the shadow of the masculine and the patriarchy, you know, this energy of taking and stealing and having and, and all of that. And, um, but it, it also shows like this initiation into um, <clears throat> the deep psyche and how she's going to evolve into her power through trauma. This is like the signature that came to her. Um, and this is the, we see this in the other goddesses that have to do with the wife and the mother. They, they are the ones that go through the trauma. You know, birth itself can be a very traumatic experience, birthing a child, um, and how that can also be such a powerful initiation in our psyche to like the next level of wisdom and our own inner power or sovereignty. Um, so we see that. And um, <clears throat> I, what's, what I find really interesting about this story is when she gets to, you know, she's, she goes into the under, underworld, he has claimed her now, and she is told not to eat the pomegranate because if she does, then she will be stuck with him. It, it will seal her, her fate. And she chooses to eat it. <clears throat> so we can see in that, you know, like she's choosing it. She chose, she chose to be there. She, you know, the pomegranate is a symbol of pleasure for one or divinity or um, <clears throat> The forbidden, it's often associated with forbidden, so, and sexuality. So there's that revealing there that she wants it. She knows that it's something that she needs. Um, and when she returns to her mother, she's allowed, as the story goes, she's allowed to come back to the earth because the mother went into deep suffering. And as the mother, um, Demeter is, you know, provides all the sustenance of life for all of the earth, all of the gardens and the wheat and whatnot. She, um, <clears throat> the mother refused to let anything grow in her suffering. So as a agreement from this Lord of the underworld to the mother of the earth, he agreed to let her come up for like a season. Um, so she lied to her mother when her mother asked her if she had ate of the pomegranate and she lied and said no. So to me, I, you know, this is really shows how that lie is, it really has to do with the desire to separate from the mother, to be independent and, you know, to claim one's self-control. And we can see that if we, you know, if we look into often why people lie, it's because it's a, it gives us a sense of control. In a lot of cases, people who have, um, you know, issues with lying, their lives can be quite out of, out of control or they've lost control through trauma and whatnot. And it's one way that to, um, you know, to regain 
that. So, um, <clears throat> and that just... Sorry, can I just ask the so the rite of passage? Could this uh, Persephone when she goes under? Could this be kind of likened to um, when we reach Menarche? So in our physical lives, because that's the moment when we separate from the mother and we're wanting to go and taste the forbidden fruit, but it's also that shadow side of the masculine coming in, into our sexual kind of energy and giving it away. Um, as many women do at that age, because we don't have any sexual teachings and how to engage yeah. with our sexual power. Is that kind of yeah. something similar? Yeah, and I think also within that is that um, often women have really difficult cycles, right? They have difficult menses, right? Because there is so much that is um, not resolved or balanced within the psyche. So that also has to do with that like that time going into going into the dark and getting a taste of um feeling a bit crazy feeling a bit out of center um because of such deep emotion or chaos you know she is the goddess of chaos above all of them right she's just whirling and and this is why she becomes the queen of the underworld she becomes the guide so you know, <clears throat> she's the one that, um, you know, that whole energy around being the guide, like one who is capable of moving through these dark realms successfully. Um, <clears throat> and that's, that's in a lot of us women, right? A lot of us are going through such deep, um, having to transmute so much shadow and so much pain and trauma within that it's, it can be so weakening in the moment and in the life experience, but we all know that as we survive it, we do come out on the other side more powerful and more able and apt to know how to traverse the territory better next time right and eventually people um women will come you know a lot of like psychologists and just women who are in a space of counsel in some way with other women or with people have this archetype really strong you know having suffered through a lot of deep dark psyche and um and it's been able to also to transfer, uh, to go through that chaos, to come out the other side and how not to lose ourselves within that chaos, I should imagine. Mm -hmm. She's also about, you know, she's ultra receptive. So that's her power and that's her weakness. So in the shadow of that, you know, she's this quality within a woman that is very like malleable especially with the man or the partner, you know, to, to connect herself with men and become what they want, you know, so it has to do also with being that younger, that core kind of archetype. And also, you know, because the mother, the mother energy has to do with, you know, often this mother energy is keeping the child or, you know, molding the child and not 
allowing the child to be independent. So we also see that in this story. Um, <clears throat> so when that's going on or when that's part of like releasing that the mother, and it doesn't always have to be that the woman had a mother that was, that they were so close to or that tried to control them. It can actually be the other aspect of that where the, the mother herself was tormented. A lot of times that's what we see, that the mother suffered so much in her own pain and trauma and the child or the woman has now carried that. Um, and that also is hard to break free of. So it, it always comes down to the bond. The, the Persephone archetype is about being so deeply bonded, so deeply like merged, it's codependency course that, that's really the the root of it um and just losing oneself to another and so becoming invisible losing um the desire to be more than just what you are to him or to your partner so in her power she's she's a vessel that others come to to basically realize themselves or be re reflected back to or to, you know, in sexual situations or, you know, real partnerships. Like often we see the man who has difficulty with their own emotions and is attracted to this ultra receptive, psychic, emotional kind of woman who's going to transmute and reflect all of the emotional energy. And it's like that's her role that's what she's so good at um but of course like when you're taking on that much emotion and you know she just gets overwhelmed and um so that's where we really see the uh <clears throat> you know the need to uh, reclaim herself not give herself away to take action in her life you know to remedy the not being the forever child to to basically to grow up and be the woman so the persephone archetype can stay quite young and naive for a long time into their their journey you know as a woman and so even though of course we always see like different aspects it can be a, a very successful woman who is in touch with her power. And yet there's just certain patterns that keep coming in. Constant victimization, because we see it a lot in very powerful women who are, you know, women who are very empathic, very emotional, healers, light workers, this kind of women who are just so receptive and sensitive and doing so much personal work and transmuting all kinds of stuff for themselves in the world. And, um, where this constant returning to the victim and you know it's interesting to talk about because you and i have been talking about it where just recently we have dove into our own returning to the victim's place so it's almost like i don't know <clears throat> it is a it is something that we're doing here on this planet um 
so yeah, I don't know how, how much we're, you know, to be totally resolved of it is, um, I'm not sure when we're going to get there, but that's what we see with this. Um, even when the woman is becoming more and more in touch with her own empowerment and sovereignty, these cycles of the, the emotion comes in so strong or her going so deeply into another, you know, this going often like the healer energy is to go and like take on and then um, becoming overwhelmed. And losing herself again. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Persephone is also the, said to be the, the shadow of Venus or the shadow of Aphrodite. So there's that, um, there's that energy there of Venus or Aphrodite is also known to be the alchemist. She's like the muse, um, the creative woman. So when the creative woman is not creative and in her creative power, or when she's, you know, Venus or Aphrodite is also partnered, but the difference with her story is she doesn't lose herself in the other. She's more of the woman who's not non-attached, but she can move on. The so Persephone woman, it's very difficult to move on. So this is kind of like where, um, so if Persephone is kind of like the codependent, then Venus or Aphrodite would be the one who's interrelated, that can be there, present in the relationship, but can also step away from it and be fully present in herself. Exactly. She hasn't, she hasn't lost herself. She doesn't lose herself in it. So, you know, it's a different kind of person and we can see it where some women are just, you know, it's so deep within them to be, to just go to the man, to go or to the child. It can come out like that too, where, the Persephone woman just gives everything to her children and at the sacrifice of her own work or her own healing or her own self-care. Her dreams. It, it's a compulsion. I've actually had this very strong where it's just, I, I'm so there for taking care of these little beings. I, I just, there's so much in me that feels it's so naturally to do this. And then I have to remember, like, to balance out the energy. Um, <clears throat> so that's also a way that it can show up, not just with the man or the, the partner, but um, women who sacrifice themselves for their children. And, of course, you know, there we see the mother archetype coming through again. It's all one. So this kind of makes sense then in a, you know, in, when we go through our physical rites of passage, so we've gone from Menarch, you know, which is when maybe Persephone is taken underground, and then we find ourselves in the shadow side of the, of the patriarchal structure, and, you know, being raped and abused, etc., by, you know, that dominant power that's above us kind of thing. And then, like you say, it's about coming back into, um, you know, growing up, becoming the woman. And so when we're moving then through into kind of menopause and we're going into that crone stage, that's also kind of like when we're becoming the sovereign as Persephone becomes the queen of the underworld. Um, even though we might, you know, we can go through those cycles at different times of our life. I mean, they're always working through us and, and with us. Um, but in theory, 
you know, physically. That's how it would be, be, be perceived, going from the maiden to the mother to the crone, the, the wise one. Right. And like you said, it doesn't have to, um, it doesn't have to take that long. You know, it doesn't have to go, you don't have to become the queen or the um, <clears throat> crone into your older years. Um, you know, when we look at the, the evolution of the archetypes of the shadow into, you know, the, the divine expression of the higher self in these archetypes with both Pluto or Hades and her, it basically evolves into the, the divine sacred tantric union is what it becomes because the, the evolution of Persephone has to do with, you know, becoming the queen of, and the guide of the underworld. It's basically coming to know and trust one's own power that we can move through these excruciating, um, you know, dark places and go into the depth of ourselves. And we can also hold space for others, you know, becoming that alchemist, knowing, trusting our power that we are, that we do have this ability to transmute energy and we can, you know, not attach to it. That's the other thing, like learning how to allow it, like it is us, our trauma is a part of us, you know, so not detaching, but <clears throat> learning how to sort of flow, right? Like I think most of us can understand when we're in a really deep place, it can be a day, it can be days, it can be weeks but just being in that place rather than the victim this you know the extreme overwhelm the losing self to just come into that place of this is what we do this is Ownership. what we do we are women we feel we transmute um we move these we 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 transform this pain into some kind of understanding and then we also clear our psyches of these imprints right these patriarchal imprints and these patterns so it's entirely up to us to recreate new patterns within because we also know how powerful exactly. patterns are the pattern of the victim like we can just get in it and sort of stew in it for for days you know like the, the depression and the suffering. And it's like, it takes so much effort and inspiration. Like when we think about Venus being the higher archetype, like we really need to remember, you know, that we can tap inspiration. We can tap this power within that is within us and it can help to move us out to transmute, you know, doing anything, getting up and dancing, music, whatever your thing is that like moves you out of a place rather than staying in the suffering, which is what the Persephone, the shadow of Persephone does. Staying in the suffering and also um, staying focused outside herself and on the other or on the suffering rather than like her divine power as this receptive being. That, that's really the greatest quality of her, that she's receptive. And that's what we all are. Yeah. 
So um, in that <clears throat> moving into that divine aspect of the union between the two, you know, evolving that and it becomes this place where like the, the, the masculine energy ends up being the symbolism of, you know, holding the container, you know, like bringing her down into the depth and holding this container for her to, you know, to, to do what, what we do as women. Um, and that's really interesting because that's kind of how I feel my own relationship. Um, you know, because I have Michaela, we've been together a long time, and, but he is that container. So I'm the one that crumbles and, you know, goes to all those depths. But he's always the one that's holding that container together so that when I do come back up, it's kind of like, oh, I'm still here and I'm, I'm rooted because of him. Um, but it helps to give us that, that freedom, you know, to unravel but to also know that you're safe within it. Um, but also at the same time, not to give, not to lose yourself within the relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really beautiful. That's the other quality of that, you know, the evolving the, that shadow of the man into the man that's doing no harm, having that intention to do no harm. Yeah. And so when you talk about sexual union, when you're talking about the tantric union between them, it is simply about that. It's about, it, because, you know, we always get a bit mixed up between Eastern and Western Tantra, whereas one focuses on the, on the physical act and the, you know, the sexual act. But whereas, um, you know, in, in ancient esoteric terms, it is about that union also within of the sacred masculine and the sacred feminine coming back into balance. And so is this kind of how you're talking about it in regards to Persephone and Hades or, and Pluto? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the, the merging of the two, right, into this, um, you know, because Pluto or Hades is the lord of the underworld. So in essence, it shows that this is a very emotional man, which we see on the planet is that, of course, we're both, right? Masculine, feminine, men have emotions and men are receptive and feel all these things too. Um, but the conditioning of, you know, not feeling it, not dealing with it, not taking care of one's own deep psyche or emotions. And so therefore that also it shows up in like where he has to go and take her, you know, take her in and claim her. And um, yeah, it's like, that's, that's it, what's happening in such a enormous way on the planet still where men are just the division of the masculine feminine so yes that that is what i'm talking about um <clears throat> and so yes it's also on an individual level but also on a, you can quite clearly see all ha acting out on a collective level as well um, because we're all, you know, we're all identified with this victim in some way, shape or form. We've all got trauma. We all come from that traumatized um, aspect of self. And then when we put it all together, you know, we can really take a step back and see how it's all playing out, you know, just in our relationships close to home, but also in the wider spectrum. And so it seems to be that right now it's all just seems to be coming to the surface and we're all becoming more aware of it. Mm -hmm. 
it also shows up in how we, um, <clears throat> you know, we project so much outside of ourselves. So that's also what Persephone is symbolizing or teaching how when we lose ourself, when we lose that connection with our inner source of self, and we just project everything outside and this neediness for the other person or making them the source of all our suffering, right? We do that often, like our parents, what they did to us or the relationships or these things, like all it's, we look outside. And so it's also about that, how um, we can really get lost in making them the source of our our troubles. Um, And of course, you know, we've been pained by people, so we can recognize that, but we also do have this way of carrying our pain forward into our next relationships, right? And, um, And the whole energy around the victimhood, but also abandonment, and rejection, um, these things that so many of us have gone through, whether, you know, from our, our parents and then in our relationships, and we just sort of get attached to them. Like, here it is again, I've attracted in another partner who's rejecting me, doesn't have time for me, I feel abandoned, I feel alone, I feel so lonely, um, you know, all of these deep, deep psyche experiences. Um, and then it comes down to like, well, how well have we not abandoned ourselves, not rejected ourselves, taking care of ourselves? Would most of us are not very good at this, right? We're all learning how to care for ourselves and how to understand how to like self-love and all of it. So that's also very prevalent amongst many of us to just keep projecting out. And that, that again, as we see that she's just so focused on the other, the loss of self into another, whether it is the actual person or it's the abandonment itself. You know, some people are walking around, many of us, I can identify with a lot of these ways of just feeling so alone and so, you know, rejected or it's just, it's incredible how we sort of um, keep the engine going. And that also goes into the energy or the reality around the, the idea of the alchemist. Like, you know, we... We're, we are like these engines, right? We're, we're fueling, we're fueling energies, whatever energies we choose to fuel, we're fueling it. So if we just want to sit and focus on divine love and how much we like care and can nurture ourselves all day long, we're fueling that engine. But most of us are not doing that. We're sort of plagued by fears and negative feelings and thoughts. So, so this is... This is really where she comes into her sovereign queen, which is um, when she starts to have that awareness of self and how she is continuously giving herself away to everybody else and not paying attention to herself. So again, we go back to that choice. You know, we always have a choice, 
the, the thing is, is that most of us are always making those choices unco unconsciously. Even if we choose to go after the same guy and give our power away, we are still unconsciously choosing it. But in that moment in her rite of passage where she's going from that, um, you know, that codependent to that independent woman, she's actually becoming more into awareness and seeing things and, and saying, okay, well, wait a second. I actually have a choice in how I work with this even when she, when she took the pomegranate. It's like this compulsion to bond, the compulsion to give oneself away at the expense. You know, a lot of women will do this, like to meet the man and the man is so amazing and they're, you know, so whatever they are and their masculinity or their, their mental intelligence, you know, and, and just to fall into that energy with the person and <clears throat> be sort of enamored by it because it's just something to not not that it's only just something to bond to but there is that nature of that um, archetype that just wants to connect itself to something the bond so that it can you know have that relationship with something outside of it, because that is also her power. Her power is that she relates, that she is receptive, meaning she reflects back to people. So um, yeah, she's meant to do it. But again, the, the whole Venus archetypes says like, well, don't lose your creativity, don't lose your inspiration. And that ends up being sort of the tool for her is to remain inspired by yourself, by your own gifts by your own qualities you know a lot of women forget or stop doing their own thing and they give it all to the child or they give it all to the man and now they don't do their creative things anymore they stop seeing friends it's just all about the guy or something like that you know it's just so common but even in business um, we can give ourselves to business as well to work our work, our careers, anything. Um, not mm -hmm. necessarily just the man, but to anything that's out there. So we don't have to kind of deal with ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The working thing is more like, because the Persephone woman all, often has a hard time working. Um, because the emotions are so strong. You know, like we see like the the... <clears throat> like the Athena woman, that strong warrior, father's daughter kind of energy that is, um, you know, she, she's the workaholic or she's really business oriented or she's motivated. She has ambition. She's working. She's going to make something, you know, she's going to do it. Um, she has that power of focus. The Persephone, it struggles with focus um, on that on that practical, physical, mental level, because she's so consumed in the feeling, being receptive to the needs. And um, <clears throat> a lot of time it is the suffering. And it's always in relation to other people, because as you say, she's the receptor, and you know, she's always reflecting back. So that must become also quite tricky when you know, because we all reflect each other, but when we just reflect the shadows of other people, that could be quite chaotic for her. 
because yeah that's where she said being like in a space of you know like we say like losing it like really just life becomes too much and the root of all this is that when she's so focused on um you know, she ends up being in so much suffering or dealing with so much trauma because she's not focused on herself. That's the root of it all because she's not focused on her, what inspires her, what her talents are, what her gifts are, what her services. She's so distracted by focusing so much on the other and it, it's always going to bring her pain because... <clears throat> No matter what, even if a partner is a great partner, she's, she has a way of feeling she's lacking herself. So she'll, she'll always recreate a situation where she's feeling, you know, rejected or abandoned or they don't show up enough for her or she's not getting enough because it's not it's never possible to get what you need to be giving to yourself from anything outside yourself so until we stop <laughs> trying to get it from work like you were saying i mean there are some women if we looked at it like that who are trying to feed themselves through the work in a way that's not you know, self-nurturing, then we could see that Persephone energy coming through. Um, because I, I do, like there, I have, um, you know, there are some examples that I've seen with women that they're so unfulfilled, right? They're very, very successful. And meanwhile, they're depressed. And nobody knows that they're depressed. You know, that would be that kind of Persephone energy that's that's looking outside the self in that way. Um, because also, yes, the woman, you know, that's highly creative and highly successful, um, you know, that's the creative energy. She's been able to do what she needs to do. Okay, there might be a lot of shadow side of the masculine coming in there as well. You know, you can see all the different archetypes playing out. But giving herself totally to her her career, you know, because a lot of women now, we, we choose, some of us are choosing not to have children we're choosing to go the other way and so that creative energy needs to go somewhere and so but again giving ourselves externally without first um, nurturing and giving to ourselves first and this is why probably a lot of women become really burnt out and like you say depressed um, even though they've got everything and it, also it shows the lack of bonding so you know, the Venus is the creative woman. She has a partner or like the Athena woman. She's just so focused on being the warrior, the business, accomplishing in life. But without the bonding, you know, the, the higher expression of the Persephone is the power of actually merging. So, you know, not if we don't have a partner to do that, not everyone has a partner. So <clears throat> it comes down to, you know, the bonding with self. So if we don't have a partner that we can learn how to live in a healthy bonded situation with, um, 
you know, then it is representing that where a lot of women who are successful in the world but are still feeling depressed, they don't have the partners, and we often see that they're just, they're not very connected to themselves as far as their self-healing, care, and love. So it's interesting there that you mentioned bonding. So, you know, could this also then go back to the whole attachment theory, you know, because a lot of us also have mother wounds, you know, the, 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 the connection, the attachment to the mother as being very unhealthy, really from the get go, that we've not learned to bond in a, in a sacred and constructive way, which, which supports the totality of who we are. Absolutely. That's so many of us. That, that's part of the main um, <clears throat> expression that we see in the Persephone. Like, she is often a woman who has come through so much trauma. She's come through really destructive, um, you know, family situations, really unhealthy, um, very traumatic. She lives in, like, the PTSD. This is a very common experience to just women who are living with a constant um, trying to resolve the traumas that they've experienced. Um, so, so yes, the, the ability to bond is so fractured and it was never healthy. So that's also part of the evolution with Persephone that eventually when we learn to trust ourself, which is a quality of maturity, maturing out of the child into the, you know, a woman to trust ourselves that we can, we can take care of ourselves. That's what it comes down to. We can take care of ourselves. We don't need a man to take care of us or some success outside of ourselves. Like we can take care of ourselves. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that trust into, we don't have to be defined by the trauma. That's a lot of what victimization is. We, we become defined by being the victim, being the trauma. And, you know, when we can get to a place of enough transmutation, we could say, or just going into the dark and dealing with it and trusting ourselves and consciously reclaiming our power back or the understanding or the wisdom, you know, so much remains a mystery. We know that we, we, we don't, you know, we don't really have access to fully understanding all of it of why things happen, but, um, you know, reclaiming those parts of ourselves and pieces of ourselves back to get to this place of, um, I guess, maturity, right? And also finding our own sense of identity because we, we've become so over-identified with the trauma, with that, victim, with that victim of ourselves, that it's given us a false sense of identity. So it's our story, and, you know, but also stepping into our power and real, realizing that well, actually we can rewrite the story. Mm -hmm. We can move forward knowing who we are inside, finding out our own identity so we can move forward in a very different way. So recreating new patterns, you know, that I guess this is where the alchemist comes in. And um, so, you know, going through that transmutation, turning, um, you know, turning water into wine, et cetera, et cetera. It's coming from um, being able to unravel that, but at the same time, knowing that when the time is right, we can also create something new from it. 
Yeah, it's really powerful because, you know, when we think about too that, um, like women are leading the revolution, right? Like there is this very real reality around, like just an example that it, it's so interesting, but it's so real and telling like any kind of um, things like this or astrological things or meditation, spiritual things. Like when people put out calls to come and join, you know, there's like 20 women to one man every time you know like i don't think any men signed up for this and there was like what 14 people you said signed up so it's yeah. like it's always that way so you know that just shows us that we know that women are leading this revolution of healing and awakening and <clears throat> you know we have the willingness we have that so it it reminds me it's a very interesting quality too that you know, Persephone, there's such a weakness in her because she allows herself to go into the weakest aspects of humanity, including that very dark man, that very weak, yes. suffering, patriarchal man. Um, but, you know, obviously we are very powerful and we know this, right? So it, we see that in it too. And we see that in all the all of the uh, feminine archetypes, right? That and you really just have to think about the female body and the, what it actually goes through and what it does to realize how powerful we are. You know, even just, just going back to, you know, having our menses every month, you know, the fact that the body knows that it's not going to fertilize an egg. <laughs> and so it releases it every, well, every single month. I mean, that's just a miracle in itself. It's like, but the body knows what to do. So how can we not know our power? Um, but it is the, this kind of suppression of the feminine that's come in, which is, you know, now it's all the kind of victim archetype, which is sitting on top of it all. Um, but yes, we are powerful. The, 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 the female body tells us that over and over again. And it's so, like the power of our or the strength and vulnerability this is what women are right? we we are so sensitive and um <clears throat> and then it's like that full circle energy of coming from such vulnerability and such weakness in a sense into power and strength and so how can we how can persephone help us when it comes to astrology Um, well, basically, you know, in this way that we were talking, um, I don't use her all that much in readings with people because um, most people just aren't aware of that archetype as far as being associated with astrology. But I will look and see. So basically, she, she's been there's an asteroid that has been named Persephone. There's thousands of asteroids like Chiron and uh, there's many other ones. The most common one that most people know is Chiron or there's other goddess ones like um, Hera and whatnot that some people are, a lot of astrologers are using or Lilith. Lilith is a very well-known um, asteroid that astrologers are using. So, I will just draw her up in the chart and see, you know, 
the way astrology works is if, for instance, if Persephone or Lilith is placed in a powerful position in your chart, like it's with your sun or with your moon or these kind of things, then we can just see that it's strongly activated um, and sort of break it apart a little bit more for the person. That's how we would use it. So that's kind of, that will kind of give us an idea of where maybe our victim archetype is really activated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I was telling you, when I, when I started to come, um, <clears throat> come aware of this Persephone archetype, and then I looked in my chart, and then I saw how very strong it was placed, and then it just, you know, starts to make a little bit more sense. And it, I actually have Persephone with my moon, which is interesting because the moon has to do with the mother. And I have a very intense and powerful relationship with my mother and the whole lineage from my mother's side, my father's side of the mother is a lot of wounded mother energy going on. So that was interesting to see that. It's like, yes, I'm feeling it, I'm living it, I'm witnessing it all around me, and it's right here. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, that's one of the fascinating ways it can be seen in a birth chart. So, in theory, so what wisdom can we really learn from Persephone moving forward? So, if we all come have coming into this recognition that the the victim is kind of activated and the shadow side and this um, um, chaos theory and being in the chaos and being emotional, but always in that moment of giving ourselves away. Right now, during this period, you know, we're in the middle of um, an eclipse season, so you must have felt it yourself, and uh, you know the energies that you may may see when you look at the sky. How is that kind of playing out now for us as women? Well, you know, I think what, based on my own experience, what I've observed with the people all around me, we can, we can see that this is an extremely challenging time. A lot of people are going through some of the deepest, darkest um, <clears throat> experiences of their life as far as what's like emerging from our psyches. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's, you know, I guess no coincidence that we're having this conversation now because the eclipses, it's very much about the cancer Capricorn, which is the, the root of where we come from. It's the mother, father, it's the structure, it's the foundation that we've existed on as in humanity. So it is a time where the deepest emotional you know that full moon eclipse that just happened was in cancer so emotional the womb space the mother our lineage like it's just all right there so for many people it's like the deepest patterns the hardest the darkest patterns have really been surfacing and it's been extremely overwhelming and of course, we know that it's coming up because we need to deal with it. That's also part of these times right now that obviously we see like we're at a breaking point in reality and on this earth. Like we have to make such uh, important and strong choices. Um, otherwise, you know, 
what's going to become of us and the earth. So I think this is definitely a time astrologically that we're being confronted. And it's very much about on the emotional level. Yes, it's all there. It's all coming to the surface and we're all having to feel it. I think that's one of the most important things that I found is by feeling it because we've suppressed it for so long, but just being able to embody it and allow it to come out in whichever way it needs to come out, which is healthy for us without it overwhelming us or sending us across over to insanity and with a psychotic breakdown, for example, but being able to be with all that emotion um, slowly uh, without short circuiting the system. Mm -hmm. yeah there's still a lot of people who don't have the support <clears throat> which is interesting to see you know it's so why really do you, why important do you, why do you think they don't have the support um well i think it's just still it's one of the main patterns that is coming up to be realized and really faced that we have not supported ourselves. We have not known how to support ourselves or each other. Yeah, I'm really seeing it a lot around me how separated and alone we are. You know, a lot of people are craving community but mostly what I see all around me is really amazing people who have so much to give and so much to share, very much on their own, struggling to get, to get through things because, um, <clears throat> because it's difficult to come together for some reason. It takes a lot to get through, like, I don't know, I want to say the matrix of what, you know, we have to deal with in the day-to-day, -day, the responsibilities and the amount of um, <clears throat> requirements financially and all of it. Um, so that's interesting too, this, the, the degree of separation from self and each other and this like returning back to ourself and each other. Um, and finding because, that connection within. Mm -hmm. You know, fractured relationship, fractured families, like that has definitely been surfacing for quite a while, you know, 30, 40 more years or so since divorce really started coming in 40, 50 years ago. And we just see the, the separation and now um, and that's also what this time so much has to do with is seeing uh, just how we're relating, basically. It all comes down to how we're relating to ourself and our connection with life and with the earth planet that we live on and then each other. So that is what's pretty much broken that we're all trying to figure out. And so, yes, redefining the relationship with ourselves, relating with ourselves mm -hmm. first, and so that then we can relate to others in a much more wholehearted way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have hope. I do. I am hopeful <laughs> for yes, us and humanity, <laughs> and just knowing that 
um, you know, we, we do have this powerful source within of these, you know, this quality of heart and this capacity to love and expand love, you know, miles out and reach other people and really create powerful healing. Like that is happening. We know that, that lots, you know, many people are joining together, joining forces to create like these webs of light and um, sort of shift the balance that's going on on the planet. So um, I do believe in that source of love that we are and have within and it's just really a matter of time but we can see that we're, we're in like a crisis point we've been building to this crisis point and you know astrologically we can many people um are aware around like the 2012 shift that there was a shift in consciousness and in awareness where we started to really become more aware of ourselves and what's going on and so there is this like building energy towards greater alignment and awareness with knowing our potential that is you know streaming in and supporting us and more you know it's that whole idea of the hundred monkey concept the more and more we all realize our capacity of love and to love that we're shifting the earth and humanity from what it's been for so long. Right? It's been thousands of years of a pattern, patterns playing out. So we do have a lot of sort of correcting yeah. <laughs> to do. And so that's quite interesting though, looking at it as on a collective level and how we're at that crisis point and also that we are in total, total chaos. And so this also plays out with the Persephone archetype again, where we have to enter into that chaos because it's out of the, out of the chaos comes the calm. It's the other side of the storm, isn't it? So collectively, we are all going through it. it you know, we, and we see it outside of ourselves all the time. But then what we see outside of ourselves is also just a reflection of, our, of what's going on inside. So it's really interesting how seeing how Persephone really does play out as the reflector all the time on an individual level and also within the collective. Mm -hmm. Well, she's also, she's the processor, right? Of emotions. <laughs> she's so the like, idea. She's got the burden, like the weight of all of the pain and trauma and suffering of humanity on her, that she's also receptive to and feeling. Um, <clears throat> but she understands it's that understanding that we have to process not avoid yeah. what we're feeling or what has happened or what's going on you know it's that repression of ourselves or the energies that lead to these you know uh, the shadow coming up right and the light on the other side um, okay, so I'm going to ask, would anybody like to ask any questions? Vina. <laughs> Hello. Hi. Well, I, I really identified with uh, Persephone. And um, you mentioned that, um, like, Venus and Aphrodite are kind of like her on the, on the other side of the coin. So if you were, like, trying to balance her, would you kind of <laughs> look at the qualities and attributes of like Venus and Aphrodite? 
perhaps. Yeah, yes. And, you know, everything we spoke about with Persephone, like still being um, that very receptive, in touch with emotion being, mm. but the Venus, she is the one who, um, <clears throat> she's not going to die if her, if the partnership ends, you know, Persephone yeah. is going to go into deep suffering over the, mm. the, the thought of the, the mm. person not being connected to her. Mm. But the, the, the thing with Venus is she had multiple lovers numerous like at one time so that was like her that showing that she she's not attached to them she's her story goes that she's ultimately present with them like she becomes the muse like she's so present as the lover which is that expression of just being in the love and being in the beauty and being in the pleasure and being in the joy. So she's present. The thing with Persephone is Persephone can be deeply in love with her lover and not even be present because she's afraid <laughs> of losing the lover. And she's bringing in all of these sort of issues. Like I feel abandoned or you didn't do this or, you know, I'm scared here of this that I want. And so but with Venus, <laughs> she's uh you know she's not afraid she's just like come over we're gonna have a great night I love you like you're the only one and and I love myself and you know I'm inspired and let me like you know Venus is that energy let me dance for you let me show you my art let me like show you my mind that's so amazing and she's just so it's that feminine that's so in touch with their power and their ability to inspire. Mm. You know, that's the strongest, that's one of the strongest archetypes of the feminine, right? That we inspire. Like we're made in this image that is beautiful, right? In this way, like this attraction principle that we have to attract in. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, she really teaches to be in the creative power and to be in love. Mm. So love is the opposite of fear. Persephone tends to be in fear. <laughs> and so those two can they come they can come back into balance. Because when we over-identify with one, it, it tends to mean that the other one is simply in the dark unless it's hidden in the shadow. So those are two archetypes that we can learn how to work with to bring them back into balance in our everyday life and into our relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what it's about, right? Because as Persephone is the shadow of Venus, like they are one. So Venus is also, she, she is bonded. You know, she does want partnership she's there when she's there she's just not venus is just she's not the one that's dealing with the fears and the pain and suffering she's dealing with all the love and the light and the joy and the pleasure uh, right. which is all but it's a, it is her, 
right? They're not separate. It's just that the quality that we're calling Venus or Aphrodite is the one that she's just so centered. And it's not that she doesn't go. Actually, astrologically, Venus goes retrograde for 40 days every year. It's really beautiful. And when Venus goes retrograde during that 40-year period every year, it's said that Venus is in the underworld. So that that cycle also shows us, you know, that there, there is a time, you know, Venus is not only, there's the shadow of Venus, <clears throat> right, the Persephone, um, where she, you know, the, the necessity to go and to be, like, that's also what that teaches, that Venus has a shadow, which mm-hmm. is Persephone, right? So it's necessary for, it's just part of our reality. There is pain and suffering. This is what's going on on this planet. And we have all these deep emotions. We have all this trauma that needs to be transmuted, that needs to be looked at. There needs to be the, the, um, the courage to walk through it, right? That's what Persephone does. She has the courage to walk through the underworld, to be the guide. But also Persephone comes back up. She doesn't live there all the time. That's the other part of the story. So she comes back up and returns to the light, to, you know, to the meadow and lives life in the light of the earth during that time. So that's her like returning to the Venus, Aphrodite archetype. Um, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Anybody yeah. else? Yep, I have a question. Okay. Um, um, thank you very much, Jessica. It was really enlightening to hear um, all these archetypes and what they do. Um, I'm just wondering, for me, for some practical tips to deal with those things, like the mother shadows and things like that. Do you have like practical tips <laughs> to deal with that effectively? I know that, you know, this is like unending, um, you know, cycle. We can, you know, seem to go through them and then come back. What is the most effective way of dealing with those things when they come, when we feel like we're in the shadow and we can't deal with things? Any tips? Mm. Yeah. I'm almost um, wanting to pass this one over to you, Nicole. <laughs> you've, got the, you've got the bag of uh, tricks there, process through all this. I mean, I have lived, you know, long now with this um, dealing with the mother wound very strong and the father wound and, and all of this, that is Persephone. Um, it's, <clears throat> so how's really about it? well I think I have I have learned um, to understand this idea of witnessing, you know, being the witness, which is such an essential um, like wisdom that we need to have of you know when it comes like I, I 
nowadays, like I can really see myself playing out patterns and, you know, creating trauma and, you know, perpetuating trauma within or creating drama and perpetuating the trauma within myself and sort of watching what's going on. And um, I think one of the things that have helped me get by through it is knowing that it will pass. I think astrology has been one of the strongest tools for me in that respect too, that we are working with cycles in such a powerful way and emotions are very much like that too. We know that, you know, we can get hit with a wave in the morning and all of a sudden something can shift us and then we're just like over it or resolved from it. And again, I know that often it can take days to get through something deep and heavy that seems to be just like all consuming and we can't get out. Um, But trusting in this process that um, I think there's like a cycle if we were to break it down, which is an interesting exercise if we were to do, but like coming into this, like when it rises up into consciousness, whatever it is, this trauma or this suffering or something that begins to take over our psyche. And then, you know, knowing that there's like this dark phase of unconscious that's going to play out before we come into consciousness, before we sort of understand anything. It can just be like we're in it and it, we're experiencing it. And even if we are in a witness place of realizing, often I, re- I know that oh, this is so from my childhood. This is like such old energy that I'm just feeling it again. Or also a lot of people feel like a collective energy. You know, of course, there's a collective wound in humanity, especially when we talk about the feminine, you know, the wounds of rejection and um, being used. And these kind of things that women have been dealing with for so long that we can feel it and we can feel it so intensely. And sometimes I feel like, okay, I know this is personal, but the way that I'm feeling this energy is so big that I know this is like, this is a collective energy. And there are so many other women out there feeling this too. Probably, obviously, in this very moment, and we're all sort of feeling and feeding, like I said, this sort of engine. Sometimes I think it's like we're feeding this monster, and it's just like there. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, trusting in that we're going to get to the other side of it, and inevitably, wisdom comes through or greater understanding. Like we come out, I find with myself, I come out on the other side and it's like, I just let go of something, like another layer. I had, you know, yet again, another practice at how to deal with something so deep and um, understand it. And I think what happens too is we do actually clear an aspect of our psyche and maybe something will come back again that is on that same um, energy, but it's, it's just like another layer. Um, and on like a practical, more practical level, I work with a lot, I definitely reach out and get support. Like recently I had a session with Nicola, like 
very much needed it. Like I, I need somebody to like hold space and help things come through because it's taking too long. I'm just sitting in all of this. I'm not getting clarity and I need to have someone help me move something through here. <coughs> I work with flower essence a lot. Also, I found them to be really supportive. Um, there's different flower essence companies in the world. There's this one woman from Maine or New Hampshire that I get things from and uh, she makes different flower essences to do with trauma and self-worth and creative inspiration. And I just sort of drop them in my water. And I've had times where I'm feeling really intense and I'll start using them and feel some shifts come in pretty strongly. So that's something that I go to. But maybe Nicola has some more <laughs> valuable practical <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he kind Strategy. of said it all. But yes, being, <laughs> being present with it all, because you know how 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 are we going to learn if we can't sit with it? Um, so we stay in this reactive mode over and over and over again, and we keep reacting to the same external stimuli being triggered by the same people or um, different people with the same energy. And so the more that we learn how to work with that external stimuli so we don't get triggered in the sense that we don't keep reacting to it, we just sit with it and we learn from it because only by learning from it can we then understand what exactly it is that we are moving through and what we're healing and integrating at the same time. And so, you know, it, I think also support is really important. You know, I've done the journey like many others on my own but I have turned to people when I've known that I've needed somebody else to just shift me out of that moment because I can't get to it on my own. And I think this has been a really valuable lesson for me personally, because by reaching out, um, you know, I've learned the hard way because I've reached out to people and I've ended up with all their shadow stuff. <laughs> so I've had to learn much more about my own journey, but I've also worked with um, practitioners. So for example, um, you know, if I have the opportunity, then I'll work with an acupuncturist. Um, I absolutely love homeopathy. Um, you know, I love the medicine of the homeopathy, so I'll work with homeopathy. But then also astrology, you know, astrology and bringing my awareness to astrology has been so powerful because it's been able to help me to see that what I've been going through on an individual level um, how it's all positioned within my birth chart. And this has really given me an understanding of what cycles I'm moving through in different times of my life. And so, for example, you know, just to give you a brief um, idea, but from 2017 right up until September of this year, I've had this massive transit thing, whatever it is going on in my chart which has been between my second house and my eighth house, which is this whole Saturn thing. Um, but anyway, not to go into too much detail, but this has been a real major transition for me in coming out of the wounded um, kind of masculine and my responsibility towards the masculine and being financially independent according to my own value. And so this has been a major transition for me, but without having that basic knowledge of astrology, I, I personally wouldn't know what the hell was going on. So that helps me to give, it gives me a container 
by looking at my birth chart, it gives me a container to understand what exactly it is that I'm working on in my unconscious. So what is coming to the surface, those relationships, whether it's with the mother or with the father or, you know, my own in the masculine, my own feminine, or whether it's with my partner or, you know, community even, even my business, it helps me to give me that, um, that filter. So we all have tools. And I think that's really important is to have tools that we can work with tools, which resonate with us. Um, you know, so for example, I might, I, I might not work with flower essences, but I will work with homeopathy. And I think that's also about taking back our power is, um, you know, because everybody is different. So understanding also what tools work for us is also part of, of reconnecting with our own power and saying, oh, well, actually this really works for me. So I'll continue down that rather than keep giving our power away to other people all the time, expecting other people to fix us, but finding our way to work with in partnership with tools <laughs> and the support system. Um, so I hope that kind of answers your question. Can I share one more thing? Uh, yes, please do. Because you just reminded me, of course, um, of the astrology that that's definitely obviously something that I very much work with but one of the easiest things to work with which is so profound is the moon cycle and of course we know that women are already naturally connected to it but just briefly what it's so amazing about it and it definitely is a source for me um I think it's just so normal at this point that I didn't even think to mention it but um yeah it's like the moon from the new moon you know it's like every week we basically journey into a next phase and i always know that <clears throat> you know for instance we just came out of that full moon and of course it was an eclipse so more intense stuff came up but it's like when there's a new moon happening and we're in this dark moon new moon and when you're aware of that you can sort of tune into if a lot is coming up for you like i'm in this dark phase and I know that when the moon gets to the quarter moon, you know, quarter moons are usually a time of where there's some sort of decision. There's some sort of something that might come up to shift gears a bit. And then, and then the full moon, usually something comes clear. Something's going to happen. Almost literally, because I've been tuned into it for so long now, that when that full moon comes and the next day comes, it's like, oop different energy like it happened again on this full moon it was like the eclipse everything was building so massively for two weeks i felt like i was gonna because i didn't know how i was gonna handle any more and then the day after the new full moon it was like ugh, i feel better i really feel better and the past few days you know we've been out of that full moon for three four days now it's like it's getting a bit easier and then we're coming up to a quarter moon soon in a few days and so there might be another like okay make an adjustment here something more might come up or another shift and then the next week after that is going to be like a real letting go cycle releasing and then a new sort of shift will come in at the new moon so keeping all that in mind too helps me know that there will be a shift it is coming and it's coming within sort of days or if the full moon, like if I'm on a new moon and it's getting really intense, I'm like, the full moon in a couple of weeks is going to bring something. 
that's going to shift all this in some way. So that is, that gives a lot of support to know that. And I think, yes, you know, um, but it's very, you know, that also gives us that container in which to work, you know, so when we think about ourselves as human beings, we are not just simply human beings in a body, you know, we're connected in so many different ways. And so having the moon cycle to kind of work with it and move through. So I don't work with it on the sense of um, the astrology behind it, but I work with the cycles of the moon. But then also remembering that we are a body. So when we are going through those cycles, that also we have everything that we need inside of ourselves to also work through whatever stuff is coming up. You know, like for instance, darkness, we only have to close our eyes and consciously work with our breath to keep us centered and to really help us to move through whatever it is that's coming to the surface without suppressing it. You know, and these were, these are tools which we're, <laughs> we're born with, but we just have to remember to bring our awareness to them. Um, so darkness and the breath and, and working through those cycles with these tools. So you're bringing more and more awareness into it. Um, and yes, it's very profound when you start putting it all together because it is the above and the below. And here we are as the axis mundi, you know, we're the tree, um, we're grounded, we're, we're here on this planet and we're connected to everything. Um, but the key is, is that as the tree blows in a storm, you know, it's the branches that go great, goes crazy, but the trunk of the tree remains rooted. And I really like to look at this concept, you know, as nature within nature, that if we are able to stand rooted in while all that chaos is going on, then we actually gain much more wisdom from it at the end. Um, and then we go through the cycles and the seasons and um, the changes of the moon. Powerful. So any other questions, ladies? No. no. Okay. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure um, to kind of get together with you all. Thank you so much, Jessica, for joining us all the way from Hawaii in the middle of your monsoon storms. <laughs> and in fact, this has been one of my major triggers, you know, we're 11 hours difference. So having to work my time zone to a different time zone has really been um, a major trigger, but a beautiful experience kicking me out of my comfort zone. So thank you. Thank you so much. And if you do want to, um, you know, find out about your birth chart and you want to know more about astrology, then Jessica <laughs> also offers a beautiful soul map um, and she'll do your reading for you. So she's over at templesofthemoon.com mm -hmm. if you would like to know more. And now that you understand how, how the beautiful Jessica works in regards to the feminine and you've got all this stuff coming up, then this is your girl. And just finally, on another note that, um, okay, we are both a bit lastminute.com, but next week and we go on a new lunar cycle, um, a week on Friday, we start a new lunar cycle. So the two of us, we're going to be hosting a four week um online journey um so basically it's called psyche reclaiming the medicine of the feminine and our rites of passage through the cycles of the moon so together we're going to be hosting this workshop it's going to be over one lunar cycle and we're going to be looking at what's going on up in the sky and what's going on 
in the unconscious. So we're going to bring all that together. And so if you want to know any more, then please just send us a message and we'll happily be in touch. Yeah. Well, ladies, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. For real, Anna. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you. Yeah. Your wisdom is as is, is radiant and beautiful as ever. Thank you. Aloha, everyone. Aloha. See, yes. Aloha. And we've got Chow. <laughs> so, ladies, um, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time.